I've loved every single second of these movies, and especially this one, because I've got up every morning and I've had the chance to work um, with you guys. And that has been one of the greatest honors of my life. Morales. Dave Morales. Johnson. David Johnson. Why are we doing it like that? Well, because we've got a guy on the show today on the Backstage Experience podcast who goes by the name of Bond. James Bond. That was the worst. That was pretty good. No, that really? was pretty good. No, yeah. David. That was the worst <laughs> British accent. Anyway, officially welcome to the episode. Uh, the James Bond movie is called No Time to Die. Daniel Craig's final bow as uh, James Bond. There's a lot to discuss in this. We just interviewed him a couple of days ago. You're going to hear from him. You're going to hear from Rami Malek, who plays the Bond villain in this particular movie. Uh, we're, we've got the entire cast. This is going to be a great episode. Plus, towards the end, we're doing something brand new in this episode uh, that we're going to do from time to time. My mom, Mama Morales, is going to be doing Mom's Movie Review. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited. And can I tell you something, dude? She has been working on her notes for the review, like, all day. All right. So, um, No Time to Die, uh, directed by Carrie Fukunaga. Can you imagine what it's like, David, to take on a movie like James Bond, any James Bond? The pressure... You know, it's not yeah. like it's a big American movie. It is a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, it's it's chain. It reminds me of like what Mission Impossible is now is close. It's not even at what James Bond is because Mission Impossible now is just getting worldwide. Back in the day, no one really watched those movies except for Americans. James Bond 007. Everyone knows who the character is. Everyone has seen his movies. Yes, they have, including ourselves. So there's a lot to get through uh, in this particular episode, as you heard. And uh, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to start with director Kerry Fukunaga. And he is going to set you up for this movie. He's going to talk about working with Daniel Craig. And I want you to pay attention to what he says uh, about last day of filming when they wrapped. And what they did to make sure Daniel, the last day of filming, was just Daniel Craig. It's, it's, it, it makes me cry, dude. Like, even when I was interviewing the guy and he was telling me the story, I was like, wow. And Daniel is such an, or, or, or Daniel, Carrie, well, Daniel's good too, and he's very cool, but Carrie is such a down-to-earth, just an amazing guy, like a director that if I was an actor, I would want to work with this guy because he's just so incredibly talented. All right, so here we go. We're going to jump right into it. This is the James Bond episode of the Backstage Experience. Carrie Fukunaga, he's the director, and here he goes. It's finally here. We can talk about it. How does that make you feel? You know, after the delays, and, and I know it was frustrating probably on your end, but it's here, man. It, it's finally going out to the world. Yeah, I mean, it's um, in some ways, it's kind of unbelievable. In other ways, it's a huge relief. I think the biggest thing is just grateful to the studios for, for waiting and waiting for a chance for audiences to, to gather in groups again and see it on the big screen and experience it together that's that's the, that's where i feel the most right now director you co-wrote this story how massive of a project looking back now that it is complete how massive of a project is is it to work on a bond film it's um it's pretty massive <laughs> there's a lot of units a lot of crew um people around the world 
I mean, I don't know how the producers, I mean, that's, they're the ones really managing the sort of logistics of it all. You know, I just have to kind of make sure there's a communication line between all the varying sort of units that are shooting. As, as big as it was, there were days that it, where it felt really small too, and just two people in a camera and a boom, you know, making an old fashioned flick. And then there are days when there's there's cranes and trucks and explosions and helicopters and you're just kind of like whoa this is this is my job um, it's not bad as jobs go. What was it like uh, the day that you wrapped? You know your last scene with Daniel Craig. Tell me, I, I've seen the documentary by the way, which is yeah. excellent. That is out now, Bond on Being Bond. Uh, but tell me what it was like for you, emotion wise, the day that you finished last scene with Daniel Craig. What was that like? It was unusual because I think usually when you when you finish a film, there's not really emotion involved. There's a huge amount of fatigue and and you know re relief that it, you know you've, you've reached the end of that period of the the process. But usually, you, know, you end up shooting a, an insert shot of someone like picking up a coffee cup or something, and suddenly, you know, it's over and everyone packs their bags up to go home. And uh, we were able to arrange our last day to kind of get some of those other shots out of the way early on, so that we could finish with Daniel as our last shot. And I think that was a, probably the best way to end this, you know, that we all as a crew could be there, you know, and, and gather on the street uh, after he's like shot this last pretty simple shot, just him running down a hallway, which also seemed visually fitting, and then called cut and he came out. And as you saw in the documentary, you know, everyone was there to greet him and people were in, were in tears and had been, you know, going into tears of the previous takes anyway, you know, anticipating that, that final cut. You are listening to the Backstage Experience podcast, and today we are talking the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. You just heard from director Kerry Fukunaga, and right now, myself, David Johnson, and Dave Morales will be talking to Jeffrey Wright and Billy Magnuson next. Now, if you remember, we just spoke to Billy Magnuson last week for Many Saints of Newark. We also have spoken to Jeffrey Wright several times, including What If, Marvel's newest animated series on Disney+. So we have a pretty good relationship with both of these guys. Um, yeah, we do. Billy is still a uh, smarty pants. Uh, I like him. He's like, he, dude, and you, you're going to hear the, when I, when I say my dude and he gets all excited, uh, Billy is, is somebody I could certainly, we could all hang out with. He's just, he's just a down to earth guy. And Jeffrey Wright, just a classic actor. I remember meeting him for the first time. Uh, we're, we've been, we've told you several times in this podcast that we're Houston based and Jeffrey has come to Houston. He came to here for the hunger games. He's a classic like he, he and I don't know his, you know, training. I don't know, uh, you know, but he's just one of those like uh, seems to be like a classic trained actor. He's just I put him in the in the category of like Stanley Tucci, you know? Yeah, that's a I, I like that. That's a good that's a good bar to measure. There's different styles of acting and he seems very much in that older, more like regal style of acting. Regal. Jeffrey Wright, I'm in awe of. And every time I talk to him, man, I'm just like blown away just how cool he is. So this is Jeffrey Wright's uh, third Bond movie. He tells a funny story as Felix Leiter. He, I don't want to tell you who their characters are because it kind of ruins it. Billy Magnuson plays Logan. And I probably already said enough. And, and I, I'm not going to yeah, tell you who enough. they are, what they do. We're going to pitch to it now. Logan and Felix, their characters respectively. Uh, we're talking James Bond. No time to die. Jeffrey, I'm going to start with you. Your third Bond movie. Tell me what it was like to return as Felix Leiter. 
it was something that I was uh, I'd been anticipating for for a while. You know, I kind of miss being not being there for the two previous films, and uh, you know, every time uh, you know another one is announced, you know, I'm checking in with Barbara and you know uh, Barbara Broccoli. You know, hey, what's going on? Where's Felix? So it was great uh, when she you know she came back and said you know he's he's in this one, and it was great to be there, but also to be there for Daniel's last to help him, you know, finish off this this phase in the in the franchise's history, having been there from the start. Really gratifying and uh and uh, and uh and I think we made uh, we made a, a you know a, a, a wonderful film. So yeah, good stuff. You you all made an excellent film. Billy, so my question, Yo. my 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 dude, I, I gotta ask man What's up, dude? your first Bond movie um, what did, were yeah. you nervous the first day of shooting? I, I want to know because I feel like I've gotten to know you, and you're you're very honest and you're very open, and you'll tell me yeah. everything. So tell me, were you were you like looking around, going, "Dude, this is happening"? Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, of course. I, I think, but uh, I, I, it doesn't like Bond. It's it's spe spectacular. It's spectacular. It's it's a huge film. But like honestly, every film I go to, every project I step onto, the first day is like the first day of school, and you're like. Oh my God, where am I? What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing, you know? So there's no different from any project, but uh, I think, again, it's being away from it now and it coming out, you feel more of the impact than while you're actually there working. So. Jeffrey, um, you know, I think what adds to the film, another character are the exotic locations. Where did you get to work? And tell me, did that add to the adrenaline rush? Oh, 100%. Yeah, we were in Jamaica, uh, in Port Antonio. In Portland Parish, um, and it's oh, you we're know in it's, Portland, not Boston. No, oh. no, 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 no. Boston Bay. That's the Boston section. That was where we were surfing. So yeah, yeah we you know yeah. we were hanging out. We were working, surfing, you know, drinking, uh, you know, <laughs> white Jamaican rum. rum. You know what was that song you were singing. Yeah, <laughs> 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 underneath Definitely. the mango tree. You know, that's where we were. So uh, yeah, it's a it's. You know, it's uh, it's a very difficult invitation to reject. You know, it's a fine one to receive, uh, and you're working on a Bond movie at the same time. You know, uh, it's uh, it's very nice. All right, Billy, I wrote this question with you in mind. Uh, yes, I, I, I want to know about the toys. I want to know about the props. Um, there had to be some really cool stuff that you got to play with uh, in this movie. Am I right? Uh <laughs> I, I'll tell you a little story. So I remember they had this big rig, that plane, like they had a, it on a green screen and it was on this tray that was like massive. And then there was a mini one that could control it to make it do this and all that stuff while you're in the thing. And you're like, this thing has to cost so much money. And it probably did. And then the day we had a shoot, it was broken. So now it's just sitting on this broken tray and someone's just off to the side going on the wing. <laughs> and you're like, I'm fine. Yes, this is the Backstage Experience Podcast. I'm Dave Morales along with David Johnson. We are talking No Time to Die, the latest James Bond movie and Daniel Craig. So he says, but I think this I think this is actually it. I think he means it this time. <laughs> yeah. Because he didn't mean it after Spectre. Um, we're getting ready to talk with Lashana Lynch, and there's a lot to discuss with this particular character that I will keep spoiler free um, because I don't want to reveal anything. But David, tell me what you know about Lashana Lynch. So she was recently in uh, Captain Marvel, where she played uh, Carol Danvers, Carol Danvers, like mentor. 
Uh, you actually saw her a little bit in the WandaVision show as a bit of like poster on the wall. But uh, she is Monica Rambeau, who was Captain Marvel's, you know, partner back when they were in the Air Force. And she went from being in a Marvel movie, which, you know, we talked about it before. You don't have the freedom to tell anybody in a Marvel movie to now going into another worldwide sensation movie. And she has just been blowing up as of late. She's going to talk about, you know, the excitement, the thrill. She's talking her character, Nomi, wink, wink, in No Time to Die. What are you feeling? I feel it's the same thing. I'm excited. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to say. La, la, la. Like, there's an amalgamation of feelings that I feel like have just exploded from me. They're just on the floor, and I kind of got to take my time to pick it up and see what they actually mean. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't collected myself yet, but it is a ball of excitement. I'm very humbled and just excited for everyone to finally see it in the way that it deserves in the cinema with audiences, with the vibes that you feel in a, in a theater. And um, yeah, just excited, just generally excited. I love it. And I'm so happy for you. So, you know, Marvel movies, uh, going back to that Captain Marvel movie, you know, they're secretive. You know, you can't say anything about the scripts. You can't even tell friends and family you're in it. What was the secrecy like for No Time to Die? Were you able to tell anybody that you were in it, number one? Were you able to tell anybody anything about the story, your character, your role? Diddly. Not, not a squeak. I told my mom throughout the, the audition process, I did tell her because... She's a vault just like me, so she's not gonna tell nobody. Um, but I, I, outside of that, I think I probably told, started telling friends halfway through stunt training, which was a couple of weeks. And then after that, no one knew anything. So everyone was literally getting information in real time with the world whenever it came out in the news. So yeah, it kind of makes me feel good as well because my friends are also getting the, the, the real experience, you know, the, the cinema experience when they see it they are actually seeing it for the first time. There's no tip-offs, there's, there's nothing. They are being able to be the audience member, but then also as a bigger side, celebrate their friend also. We're gonna wrap with this. And I have to ask about the emotions on the set, knowing that this is Daniel's last run as James Bond, 007. Mm. Uh, what did it feel like that last day that you worked with him? Well, I was there, but I wasn't in every scene. Um, and I feel like the weight of the night was that last moment, which you now see in, in Becoming James Bond. He, um, throughout the shoot, none of us were anticipating the end. We stayed very present to what it was, the feeling of every moment, creating history, getting the stunts right, all of that, which is nice because one, we're not thrusting it in his face that <laughs> remember you're leaving in a few months, but also we just get to celebrate him in increments, which is nice. Uh, so that, that last moment was really special. It was a night shoot. It was about between one and 3 a.m. somewhere. And for some reason, somehow we were just really alert, really excited and everyone showed out to, to share this special moment with him. And it just felt really humbling for me to be able to work with him and also to be able to be there on that last day that he made history as, as the James Bond. This is the James Bond episode of the Backstage Experience. You need to stick around because we've got Mom's Movie Review. That's Mama Morales, <laughs> my mom. is going to join us, and she's going to do her official review of James Bond. I can't wait. To, dude, I like. there have been no rehearsals for it, so I don't know what we're going to get. I just know that it's going to be <laughs> solid entertainment, and I can't freaking wait. Um, Rami Malek, one of my favorites. 
You know, do you remember, what is your first memory of Rami Malek in a movie, David? Rami Malek in a movie. I have to go back a, a couple years. My first, my first inclination of Rami Malek, I watched the TV show Mr. Robot, and I remember him from that show, and he was everywhere in that movie. But I honestly think my first recollection of Rami Malek is in Night of the Museum with Ben Stiller. Because he plays uh, one of the Egyptian like characters, and I remember him from that from that movie. Because Rami Malek is no, he has a really like strong jawline, and he like he's a very distinct look. And I remember seeing him in that movie, and then seeing him in a TV show, and where he played a completely different character. And you, and then you start thinking, wow, this guy's really deep. And then you see him in Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. Rami and I have this ongoing thing where uh, it's like I know his mom. He knows my mom. I said, bring your mom, get in free night. Uh, you know, and, and so Rami and I, we, we have a, we have a, I'd love for my mom to meet Rami Malik's mom. That would be kind of cool. So uh, you'll hear that in the interview here in just a minute. Um, but let's talk about, it. he's, he's a villain. And uh, Yutsefer Safin is the villain's name. I, I practiced that before I did the interview. What did you think? I know we're going to give our thoughts on the movie, but you know, as important as the character, David, uh, is in a James Bond movie, you know, uh, Bond himself, this time Daniel Craig. I think to me the villain is also plays a critical role. Uh-huh. How would you grade? How would you grade Rami Malek's, uh, you know, performance as a Bond villain? I think his performance as a Bond villain is a nine or ten. I think the way that they used him in the movie is a little bit lower, if that makes any sense. I think he like the performance he gave with the the creepy like soft talk and the way he used his body. He's he's just a really good method actor. The way he gave a performance was a ten. The way his character was used, kind of in and out of the movie. I wish we could have gotten more just straight up him and James Bond together for more scenes. Look at David Johnson, the movie critic, coming out. Wow, unleashing <laughs> David Johnson, unleashed. Uh, well, anyway, I, I I agree with you on the part about Rami's acting, you know, superb. I thought I thought the way they portrayed the character was okay. I I, I guess I'm kind of with you, uh, you know. But to me, it was it was satisfying, I, you know. And it's interesting you say that because the movie's great. And again, we're gonna give our thoughts towards the end, along with Mom's movie review. But you know, I I I didn't. It, I wasn't I wasn't mad at it, and I don't hear that coming from you either. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as, as far as villains go, they are one of the most memorable characters. Yeah, in all the in all the Bond films, they're just horrible people, yep. and you'll hear me reference that um, in this. You know what is wrong with Yutsifer? Uh And Rami's going to answer that. <laughs> One of my favorite actresses to, to interview and spend time with. I love this guy. He he is such a cool dude, and and every time we get to talk to him is is great. Um, Rami Malek talking his character in No Time to Die. Great to see you, Dave. Hi, Mom. I knew it. I'll bring her into the shot here in a second. Rami, uh, you know, you continue to do amazing, huge things, and now you're a James Bond villain. (laughs) How does that make you feel? Uh, That is so cool. It's so cool. It's extraordinary. It's it's one of those just uh, uh, pinch yourself moments when you get the phone call. For me, as a kid, I I remember the first time I got a a role in this business, and uh, I still do the same thing, man. I just scream on the phone, talking to my agents. It never gets old. Uh, And then, you know, after after Bohemian, to get a a role like this in uh, a franchise that is 
one of the most indelible of our cinematic history. Uh, what more could you ask for? Just thrilled and so grateful. What is the deal with you, Tiffer? How bad, you know, villains are, in, the, in this Bond series are, are bad, they're horrible people anyways, but how bad is, is Yutzifer? Oh man, yeah, you know, I don't think he thinks of himself as bad at all. He th actually thinks of himself as a good guy. It's, it's Bond who he sees as bad. It's Bond who he sees as doing disservice to the world. Uh, and that's what makes him uh, psychologically complex. He can just kind of remove himself from, from a, a moral center in order to you know, exact his will on Bond and the world. He's unpredictable and, and uh, he, he's got some surprises in store for you, that's for sure. You are listening to the Backstage Experience Podcast. My name is David Johnson. I'm here with Dave Morales. Today, we are talking No Time to Die, Daniel Craig's last movie as James Bond. Now, just a reminder, we have an amazing back catalog of crazy episodes that we've done in the past just few weeks. We've talked to the cast of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Black Widow, Godzilla vs. Kong, Outer Banks, and more. So make sure you go check out our back catalog of episodes now, moving forward, we're talking about Daniel Craig. This is where it gets kind of crazy for me because Daniel Craig is the Bond I grew up on. At the, like, at the beginning, there was uh, Pierce Brosnan with World Is Not Enough and Tomorrow Never Dies. I believe I was like super young when those came out, but I wasn't really paying attention to James Bond movies until Casino Royale came out, until I realized that, oh, James Bond can do parkour and all that stuff because he's different. James Bond had never really done that type of stuff before Daniel Craig. And now here we are 15 years later, and it's Daniel Craig's last James Bond movie. Daniel Craig, who I met in Mexico City for Spectre, I was so nervous. I'll be honest with you, I was nervous the other day talking to him, <laughs> and it was virtual. Daniel, but there's no reason to be. Mm -hmm. He is one of the most down-to-earth. This is a world-class actor. This is a... Idris Elba, you know, when you talking, when uh -huh. you're talking, speaking of, well, did you see what I just did? What I just dropped there? Yeah, okay. Yeah, name uh, yeah, drop. Keen <laughs> listeners will know. But when you talk to people like Idris Elba, <laughs> when you talk to Denzel uh, Washington, people like like that, uh, they're just Russell Crowe. I mean, these are these are just a list legendary. Legendary. Yep. Yeah. And Daniel Craig, he's he. By the way, he's not quitting acting. Knives Out you know is, is i was just about to say knives out knives out is proof that even though people remember him as just james bond for so long he has the ability and the talent to do a lot of different things so we're gonna have more daniel craig down the road but um to me he is just an excellent james bond he's just personifies there's also a documentary that's out will be coming out called being james bond find it Find this documentary and watch it. You will be crying at the end because it reflects on his career as Bond, and it, it's a behind-the-scenes. I reference it in the interview is the reason that I mention it right now. Being, being James Bond is the name of the documentary. So we just reflected. My opening question was, what will you miss most? He went long on the answer, and he talked about it. Uh, more name dropping coming because I said, hey, I just talked to Pierce Brosnan <laughs> a couple of weeks ago for Cinderella, and Pierce, by the way, I know I talked to it before for Mamma Mia, who has been singing and dancing and doing silly things like that. Yeah. Uh, I asked Pierce Brosnan, knowing that this interview with Daniel Craig was coming up, I said, 
Uh, Pierce, you know, if there's a James Bond, the musical, are you going to fight Daniel Craig for the lead? And Pierce said, <laughs> absolutely. Daniel Craig's got nothing on me. There I go again with the accent. <laughs> I'm excited and I'm proud. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Craig. We're going to start deep, my friend. First question for you. What are you going to miss most? As you probably know, they, these things are a massive creative collaborative process that just, you know, take up years of everybody's lives to get to this point now. Uh, this one, and maybe a few more years because of that strange thing called the pandemic. But, uh, um, and that, I, I grew up um, working in the theater um, where that's the most important thing, working together, looking after each other, having each other's backs. Uh, and Bond movies are sort of in a way not that much different, ex except that we can afford to get the best there are. And that's going to work and looking around me and seeing the actors that, you know, like Lair and Rafe and Ben and everybody and looking around and then looking at the crew and Linus and, and Carrie and just going, this is, I'll miss that. I'll miss that because there's nothing quite like that on a Bond set. Something I didn't ask you last time we spoke, how much of a pause is there in between when you say Bond, James Bond? I watched the Bean James Bond documentary and you talked about that. By the way, you made my mother cry. But if you did watch it, then you'd know I've no idea. It's like, a, it's a, it's a sort of like a throw into the dark. I just, uh, I just sort of don't, I don't really prepare. You're saying that the actual pause itself time-wise? Right. Gosh, I don't know. It's a feeling. It just has to be a feeling. I can't, I can't count. I suppose one could, one could go bond one, two, three, four, five, six, and do that. But I don't think that would make, make for a good one. Uh, we, I, I spoke with Pierce Brosnan a couple of weeks ago and he told me oh, yeah. to tell you, he said, if there is a James Bond musical, he is going to fight you for the lead. <laughs> it says he can sing. I can't sing. So it's all his. <laughs> Great. Well, look, I the world to that. <laughs> You're listening to the Backstage Experience Podcast. As we wrap up today's episode, leading off for our final thoughts, we're going to talk to the one and only Mama Morales for her views and her thoughts on No Time to Die, which is, unfortunately, Daniel Craig's last James Bond movie. Mama Morales, take it away. I never realized how invested I've been in these Bond movies until I left this theater in tears with No Time to Die. You know, my first Bond movie I ever saw was in 1963 while I was still in high school. It was From Russia With Love, and at that time, Sean Connery was my favorite Bond. I'm dating myself, of course. When Daniel Craig came along, uh, he suddenly became my favorite Bond ever. I've seen all five of his movies and have loved them all. Uh, technology has improved so much that these movies are... Uh, more action-packed, uh, female-friendly. Women will love the fashions and the, and the uh, strong women that represent Bond. I'm so happy that uh, Daniel Craig, you know, was, uh, became the, this Bond uh, 007 agent that I love. And uh, I'm looking forward to see who they're going to put in next. So that's my take on it, and it's a brilliant movie. Look at mom, professional movie critic, 
Mom, thank you. Thank you. Wow. Mama Morales. Look at her go. She's now a professional movie critic on a professional broadcast. That's cool. And she brought up some cool points. Watching these Bond movies over the years and giving her perspective kind of uh, really sheds light on the legend that this story is. You know, you mentioned Mission Impossible earlier, and I'm really glad you did, David. Uh, all right. Thanks, Mom. That was awesome. Um, yeah. It's a great <laughs> Bond movie. If you're a Bond fan, you certainly are going to enjoy this. Uh, Daniel Craig's performance is A+. He put everything he possibly has into this particular role. Great job. And he's so personable and so likable that, you know, you you. it's just a great movie. Separate from the fact that even if it wasn't a Bond movie and it was just like a spy thriller, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the, the props are great. Even the one that the boat that they had to hand and prop, like Billy told us about just, you know, it's, it's the excitement. It's the thrill. It's the, the, the romance, um, that, that bond, the character has that da Daniel so personifies the music is great. Hans Zimmer did the music. So, you know, you're getting a great score. Uh, the cinematography is great. The casting is excellent. The fact that Rami Malek plays opposite, you know, Daniel Craig, dude, it's, all around. I mean, this is, it's long. You know, get the small soda, pack a lunch. <laughs> um, it's long, but know that going in, I think it clocks in around 240. Know that going into it. All right, and to that, I'm going to end my part, and I want to leave it to you, David, and give you the last word. You're going to take us home, and I'm curious to get your thoughts, but I will start by asking you the very same question. Did this movie seem long to you? David, take it away. Well, first off, I don't think it seemed long. And it was funny because you mentioned to us uh, as part of prep before we were going into the movie that, hey, this movie is even longer than Dune. And I remember going into the movie thinking, oh, no, that's two hours and 40 minutes is really, really long. But it doesn't feel long at all. And one of the one of the reasons why is I fully believe it's because of the director. It's because of Kerry Fukunaga. Um I didn't realize this until after I saw the movie and went back and thought. He directed uh, Beasts of No Nation, which was that Netflix original with Idris Elba. And the way that movie looked and the style of that movie reminded me of this one. And that's why this movie looks and feels a little different compared to Casino Royale, Skyfall, Spectre, Quantum of Solace. But the fact that it looks different kind of adds to the James Bond story and it ultimately makes it a good bookend movie uh two hours and 40 minutes i could have watched another 40 minutes i was just enjoying my time so much and like like mama morales said just recently i didn't realize how much watching the end of that movie would emotionally affect me until i realized that i've been watching daniel craig as james bond for 15 years and it's when you see a character that you've watched for so long finally you know hang it up or move on it's kind of that moment of you're glad that you got to watch him because now it's kind of un, it's unsure. We talked about this before on the Backstage OL live show. Amazon is buying MGM Studios and we don't know what 007 or James Bond is going to look like. Knowing Amazon, they may just drop a movie every six months. That's, you know, a James Bond style of movie. We don't know. What could they do? They could just have James Bond be retired and just keep the mantle of 007 which we tell you know we talked about Lashana Lynch and you could see that in the movie we may have just a different 007 each movie to keep it fresh we don't know what it's going to look like 
But after watching this one, I'm very, very happy for Daniel Craig to not only give a good James Bond, but to also kind of go off into the sunset and now be able to do other things like more Knives Out or more other things that he wants to do. David, you brought up some excellent points um, that I really hadn't even thought of. But yeah, the emotional part. And I think that's one of the most important things that I want to leave this episode with is the emotions that you feel at the very end, because knowing that Daniel Craig uh you know is is leaving this character i love it uh thanks to mama morales for providing her insight to on this particular episode we've got some big episodes coming and it's the tip of the iceberg when all the big movies are coming obviously for the holiday releases the fall releases and david's going to tell you what we have coming up uh and then uh, he's going to tell you where you need to go and find all these interviews online but again we thank you so much for listening to us uh it's a thrill for us to put this together and anytime we get the chance to talk big movies like James Bond, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome for us. So, uh, David, on that note, take us home. Yes, we've had a bunch of amazing episodes recently. Like I said before, we've talked to the cast of Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Kong versus Godzilla, Outer Banks. The whole list is insane. It only gets bigger and bigger. So, coming up next week is the return of Mike Myers. We are talking Halloween Kills with Jamie Lee Curtis so be careful. Make sure you're on the lookout for Michael Myers. After that, we've got Dune. Uh, I'm looking at Dave right now through the camera to confirm that we could talk about a certain busting of a certain uh, spirit that we can talk about in a car where there's a ghost. I don't know if I'm allowed to nod my head, but who are we going to call? You'll find out very soon, but we have them Coming up, we've got an entire list of amazing, amazing movies. So be sure that you are subscribed to the Backstage Experience podcast. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at Backstage, capital O-L. That's at Backstage, capital O-L. We thank you for tuning in today. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your weekend.